everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hosted. Today we have a pretty special guest because Paul Caroli, who is the head lead producer of CityCast Denver, shared the same space as us. Um, probably four years ago, we're, um, we're both in Denver and we he used to work in the same establishment that Kitcaster is is now housed in. So I would love to welcome Paul to the hosted podcast. And I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Hey, Paul. Hey, Brandy. Thanks for inviting me. Happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining me. And I, I, I just love that we share that that history of a historical building. Yeah, I mean, I hope this is a new era for it, too. I mean, the, the podcast era, because I, I talk to people about it. And even though Kat's kind of like changed the way she runs the business, people still think of that building as House of Pod, at least, you know, podcast people do. They absolutely do. And um, for those of you who don't have the historical reference of the House of Pod, we're, we're in a pretty historic area in Denver. And the building, and Paul, you you're probably going to have to correct me on this. Eighteen. Oh, it's been a long time since I gave the spiel. To yeah. People on a tour. I don't remember any of it. <laughs> oh, good, good. So you won't know whether I'm accurate or not. I, okay, I believe 1890 is when it was established, or somewhere mm-hmm. around there. Sure. Um, and it was the home of the Colorado militia for a bit, and then it was the Olympic Boxing Training Center for a moment and then it was a neon sign factory and now and then it was house of pod Mm -hmm. which is still in um in our location has a recording studio there but also was a co-work space for folks who were um into podcasting and now kitcaster is sharing the home with house of pod so um that's that's a brief history of of our building Mm-hmm. Well, so right now you're the the lead producer of CityCast Denver, and you are producing content for Denver residents every day, except for Sunday. Is that right? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's five days a week. So Monday days through Friday, six a.m. You get a fifteen to twenty minute long ish episode. That's an interview or conversation with some kind of newsmaker, policy person, or just like a neighbor. You know, that's that's kind of our approach with the show is we want to showcase as many different perspectives on the city as possible. And sometimes that's just like, I mean, this week it was the person who works at the wizard's chest who is very, very good at giving you costume ideas and inspiration for Halloween. Yeah, I actually listened to that episode and I love the wizard's chest. So I'm very happy that you you chose the wizard's chest as your uh, favorite costume establishment. Um, so how are you? You're in charge of the of the direction of the content each day. Tell me about tell me about your role, Paul. Yeah, so I manage the the, the Denver show. CityCast is a nationwide network. There's ten groups of us in different cities now, making these daily podcasts and daily newsletters. Um, but yeah, my role is is to to lead the Denver team. So it's our host Bree Davies, our other producer Aaron O'Toole. And the the person who writes our newsletter, her name is Peyton Garcia. It's a real team effort, though. We all kind of pitch in on everything every day. And so, of how course, there's also other people around the company that that contribute in different ways, and there's other people based in Denver that work for us. And I don't know. It's a it's a growing growing community that contribute to this. That's how I think about it. 
do you have a connection with a, another news organization in Denver or what are those, what are the other folks that are, are contributing? Various connections. Um, we have a partnership with KGNU. Um, I've just been friends with them for a long time and they run an episode of our show every Monday morning. Um, more than that though, I mean, we had this ongoing series with the Denver voice where we would profile one of their vendors every month. Then, uh, the biggest thing we got going right now is Westward. Um, Bree, our host used to write for them for many, 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 many years. That's mm -hmm. how I first learned about her is her weekly column, which was magnificent. She's such a good writer. Um, but because she had a good relationship with the, the longtime editor, Patty Calhoun, we were able to, you know, to just make friends really. And now we record every Thursday at their office in what I call the Lindy Zimmer studio for the beautiful mural on the wall. That's the artist's name. And, uh, and we have them on all the time because Patty has been doing this for 50 years. She founded wow. Westward in 1977. So like you could ask her about anything Denver and she'll be like, let me tell you how it actually started. Here's, here's the real thing. That's really incredible. She mm -hmm. is, she, is, I, I, so I used to be in public relations and I've worked mm -hmm. with, with Patty before Ambry actually, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is pretty cool because Bree is a fantastic writer but she's also an incredible host. She really is. She really is. I mean, she has that ability to like make the news personal. Like she, yes. she's experiencing it. She's showing you her experience, but she's not like telling you that's the only way. She's just giving you one perspective. And I feel like it's really helpful to hear that. You know, for me as a news consumer, I really like stuff like that because then I can better, better think about where I stand, you know, how I approach an issue. It's, I don't know. That's maybe a little heady for this. I don't, I don't know about no. news philosophy, but I think, about it. no, I think that that's really cool. And, and what is, what is interesting, if, if any of you listening have read any of, of Bree's content, there is that, that voice. If you just, if you just knew her from, uh, from a writer for Westward and now listening to her, it, it translates over so nicely. Cause I feel like her, her edge is felt in, in both of those mediums, which is, I think of really is, is rare and, and super unique and, and really cool to hear. Yeah. We're making some, I don't think other people, no one's really doing what we're doing. And it's that that makes it special. It's, it's Brie and what she's particularly good at. Yeah. So, so tell me, you know, when you all like, you know, I get the theme of this week as we're kind of like leading into to Halloween, but how do you, how do you choose the content? Um, how do you, how do you bring in guests? Like what, what are, what, what goes into the consideration when you're kind of vetting out what you're putting in, into the world, into Denver? It's a combination of things, I suppose. Um, I mean, it's, it's, we read all the news. I think that's, that's a service that we provide is we take the news and make it accessible for people who prefer to listen. Um, but also we're not just a news show. Like I think of it more as a morning show. So it's like, just, it's trying to, to find the conversations that are happening that people are already excited about or keyed into or fired up about whatever during the week here in Denver. And that requires, you know, trolling Twitter, looking at social media, Reddit, um, and just paying attention. And then we take those conversations and we either we put our spin on it or we ask a question we feel like isn't being asked or we we just try to find our, our lane to make it a little bit more interesting and keep that edge that you talked about. 
Yeah. And it definitely is, yes, it is news, but there's also a pretty large human interest component to mm-hmm. what to the content that you're putting out. And are you are you uh are people writing in or connecting with you all and proposing different concepts and ideas? Do you do you all get that? Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Some some like uh, some really good ones and also some really weird ones, <laughs> um, as you can imagine. But yeah, it's um, I don't know. Let me think of a I don't know if I got a good example off the top of my head. I mean, th- tomorrow's episode is a good example, I suppose, um, because it was a it was a request from a listener um, and a great idea. But, you know, I can't spoil anything. Yeah, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. We'll, we'll we will have a listen to that for sure. Yeah, I mean, it has to be kind of an interesting perspective to kind of weed through all of that and determine what what would be a fit and and what you appreciate, but maybe not so much a fit for the show. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, our, it's generally great. Our listeners are really smart. Like, yeah. we've attracted people that really really care, um, and they listen because they. Are, are on the same mission as us to try to understand the city better. So it's the, the, the questions we get, the comments, the feedback, it's all from people who are just like listening every day and are really invested in it. Both, yeah. Both the show and the city. Absolutely. And, and it, so city cast as kind of this overarching umbrella um, and then having different locations within that, mm-hmm. do they have any sort of uh, editorial say and, and, what you all are putting together or, or who leads that overarching initiative? Our, our team makes the decisions for our show. Great. Uh, our, our, our nat- network understands that we know Denver best. Um, now that's not to say that we don't get great. E- that's not to say that we don't get great ideas from them also, because we do all the time. Like our CEO is David Blotz. He is the co-host of the, one of the longest running and most successful podcasts, the political gab fest from slate. And he knows what works. Like he's like really good at having the kind of conversation that people want to listen to. So if he's got a great idea, yeah, I want to hear about it. Like maybe we'll put our spin on it. And it's kind of interesting because like his great ideas often get interpolated in different ways in different cities too. So we've done, we've done a version of like, talk to a linguistics expert about our city's regional act, uh, our city's regional accent. Um, but then maybe, you know, Houston, that's a very different conversation just because of how, how different people speak there. Yeah, no, that's so cool. So you're able to, I mean, you are taking the direction, what works best for, for Denver, but you also are getting input from folks who, who are bringing this to, uh, to a broader audience and then also different markets and things that work for them. And maybe you just put it, your regional twist on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's great. Fair way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so Paul, you've been, we were talking before I, I pushed record and you've been in the world of podcasting for a very long time. Yes. As long as, well, there are not many people who have been doing this as long as I have been doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, from the moment, I guess, as a, as a consumer and then how you entered, entered the the world of podcasting, because you've, you've been a journalist, right? I mean, I've got a complicated relationship with the J word, but I don't know. That's a different, that's a different conversation. (laughs) That's a whole different conversation. Well, let's walk through the podcasting journey then. Sure. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it started with just like listening and enjoying this stuff, kind of discovering it. And it feeling like 
and feeling ownership of it. Like that's, that's the part that really got its hooks in me from the beginning. This was like early two thousands, like maybe a couple of years after the thing was invented. I was on my family computer, you know, coming home from middle school, coming home from high school, like going and searching for, Oh, here's a new one. This person starting with someone, something new. And, you know, you went and back then I didn't have, you know, I, there was no iPhone, there was no iPod. You just downloaded it and then you had to put your USB cord into the computer and then manually copy over the files. It was horrible. It was a horrible process. Like there's a reason why it didn't take off then, but it was still, it still felt special to me because I don't know, there was something about downloading the files and like knowing that the people were going to come back the next week and talk to me again about whatever had happened. And you get this great feeling that like everybody who has ever listened to a podcast can recognize, but maybe doesn't have the words for, but that parasocial relationship feels really good. Mm -hmm. It does feel like you're hanging out with your friend and you're getting Mm -hmm. older with your friend. Like the hosts of podcasts I've listened to for many, many years, like they've gotten married, they've had kids. And like, I have felt those things along with them and it's weird, but it's, it's the internet and that's the world we live in now. (laughs) Um, So that's what it was at first. I started making them in uh, college. Uh, I did my college radio station. Like that was something I just got really, really into. Um, I made my best friend and roommate do it with me. And then after college, just kept, kept making it, you know, it was a hobby. I was making garbage out of garbage, you know, recording (laughs) stuff on my phone. Sounded like crap. Edited it. Sounded like crap. No one listened. It's fine. You know, I got better. It took a long time. Um, but it was when I got to Denver and um, I was underemployed at the time. Um, my wife's family is from here. So that's why we ended up here. I grew up in Ohio. Um, but that's when I started taking it really seriously and uh, got hooked up with KGNU and, and learned from people who know, know what they're doing. Yeah. So what was the, what was the show that you were listening to when you would come home from school and uh, hook up your USB and you did, there were a lot of steps there. You worked hard to, to get that audio. I did work hard. I don't know. (laughs) You know, it wasn't even a show, but the first thing that I felt that feeling with that feeling of ownership was these um, bootleg audio recordings of episodes of the Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just the audio, I would download it and listen to it. And like, obviously I don't, you know, you know, get half the jokes cause they're visual, but like, I would feel that like, this is for me. I'm, I did this for myself. This is my thing. It was, that was, that was great. But I don't know other early favorites. I remember listening to Keith and the girl. Yeah. Never Not Funny was a few years later, but that was a big early one for me. Jordan, Jesse go mm-hmm. the whole Jesse Thorne, maximum fun empire. Now so happy to have, seen him be so successful yes evolved to that that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you know and i i talk to people about this all the time uh i i parasocial relationship that is something that uh i've never i've never heard as it relates to podcasting but it makes so much sense and i always i always talk to people about how for me it's it is that connection and and i'll and I'll listen to a podcast episode and maybe it's a, a, the CEO of a company and I've never once bought their product before. I've seen it, but I've never bought it. But once I hear their story, their very personal story, it has nothing to do with the product at all, but it's about them and, and what drives them to do what they do and how they do it. And having that, um, 
that respect for their process and then turning around and like then seeing their products and like, yeah, maybe I should try that out. Um, It's, there's just that, like that connection that happens in audio that is, it does feel very personal. Like these people are talking to me and it's something that I don't feel in any other medium. Yeah. It's a special thing for sure. Yeah, that's why I think that all of this talk, I don't know, I, I'd actually like to hear your thoughts on this topic, yeah. but kind of, an, kind of a hot button issue in this industry right now is this, um, you know, is the bubble burst? Like, is it possible to have a hit anymore? Where, what's the, the state of the industry? Are people not interested in podcasts anymore? I have, all, I have never thought that because that parasocial relationship is so special, but I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that there are so many podcasts out there and there there are more coming on the scene daily. I think that consumers are still increasing and I, but I do think they're getting a little bit more sophisticated. So I, Mm -hmm. I don't think that, and not to say that you have to be a household name in order to get listeners, but I do think you have to be really thoughtful about the content that you're putting into the world. Like I, I just, I think that folks are just getting, um, like we're inundated with content and 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 everything that we do and i just think that in the world of podcasting it seems like listeners are getting more sophisticated they want your audio to be clear they want the content to be good they want to learn something i, I think that that is um that is what people are tuning into to audio for is to, to almost better themselves or to learn something new or you know it's the source of knowledge. I mean, even what you all are doing at, at Denver cast, I think, or CityCast City Denver, um, you know, you're taking the news, mm-hmm. things that are relevant to the residents of Denver and you're giving it a spin, but also making it accessible to people that aren't reading the news, um, which is, you know, we, we did our attention span for that is, has decreased. So, um, I don't, I don't think that the, I don't think that there's a ceiling, but I do think that as we are putting content into the world, we just need to be more mindful about what we're, what we're doing. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that. It's an interesting problem. There was one, there was a long time. There was just a cachet to like the word podcast because it was so mysterious like people didn't know how they were made or like how they got on the internet or like how they got on their phones yes and so i think that's a lot of people and and this was a huge advantage when i was trying to book like bigger guests for shows that i've worked on like whenever you're invited to be on a podcast you know you're flattered you know it sounds like a big deal and when it was a very buzzy thing people wouldn't even think about it they'd just be like yeah of course i want to try that and now that that special some sparkle or something is maybe it's not as lustrous, but there's still clearly a need for it. There's still a demand. Yeah. And I would hundred percent agree with that. I think even just in our business, we've, we had to do a lot of educating for our clients, you know, when we're, we're looking to engage with our clients and get them on shows that are relevant and, and a place where they can highlight their expertise and there was a lot of education and there was this mystery behind podcasting because they had heard, they've heard about it, but they didn't really know that there was even a thing where like a guest could go on and talk about what they're, they're most knowledgeable in. And now that's not the case. We're doing less educating and, and people just seem to be more, um, 
from the consumer side and also just like being invited on a show, yeah. people are getting, again, more sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the first, you had your, you had your splash with the, with the phone and recording. Splash is an interesting term for that. Splash. You had the splash, a hobby. (laughs) Um, And just starting to kind of feel your way through this, this world. When did you really, when did you turn it up and, and what did that look like? Well, like I said, I mean, my wife from Colorado, we decided to move back here. We met in D.C. at college. And so I was underemployed and I I had loved making these things and I didn't know anybody. So I started volunteering at KGNU and I had this idea to do neighborhood profiles and talk about neighborhoods the way that I was used to talking about them in D.C., where everybody was very like, oh, you know, Petworth, this, that means this and this and that and this. Whereas I didn't hear anyone talking about neighborhoods in the same way here in Denver. So I think that was like the insight I started with was like, what if I just like tried to talk about the character of a neighborhood, the history, and like thought about why it came to be that way. Maybe we could look at some current events, try to explain it with historical context. I don't know. I mean, all, all the good stuff. The, the, the fun parts. Um, and so that's what I started making. It was a show called Changing Denver. Um, people were like pretty into the idea, I think because of the name a lot of times. Yeah. Like I didn't even realize how powerful that was. But, you know, for listeners in Denver, you know, just walking around every day, this is a city in constant flux. Um, but as I learned doing that show, it kind of has always been that way. So... I just distilled that thing that people already cared about into this show. And, and that's how I, I, I met other podcasters. I met a lot of listeners and how I built my network of, you know, friends and professional contacts here in Denver. Yeah. I would imagine too, that it was a little bit of a, an exercise in just curiosity, moving to a new city and wanting to understand historically what Denver is about. Totally. Yeah. It was the best. It was like, yeah biking around, talking to like neighborhood leaders, talking to historians and artists. And it was fun. It was just so fun. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine. And that that you started in 2015, right? Yes. Yes. A few months after moving here. Mm-hmm. All right. And then that ran all the way to 2021, sort I believe-ish. I, I stopped working on it um, I mean, the, I made this big, long series about Rocky Flats, which is this former nuclear weapons plant that got mm-hmm. converted into a wildlife refuge. That was in 2017. And that was like the big last thing that I really, really put my energy into. Because by that time, I had already met Kat and gotten hooked up with this thing that would become House of Pod. And so that was what I was focusing more of my energy on at that time. I mean, I still put out some stuff on Changing Denver, but like, it's like one-offs and you know, promotions for other projects. And I don't know, just keeping the feed warm, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of, when I'm talking to hosts, they mm-hmm. oftentimes enter the world of podcasting out of curiosity, whatever it may be. And I, and I think it's a really important piece to being good at what you do is being curious about it because obviously that makes for a much more engaging audio content if you are if you're genuinely curious and the questions that you're asking are pulling that content out of the folks that you're talking to and and 
as you are kind of entering the the house of pod world, uh, you are then not hosting a podcast, but helping launch other podcasts, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was that was my job at House of Pod for a long time. I, um, I managed the community. I worked on productions and then I, I was the our director of productions. Our, I don't know what exactly my title was, but I, I helped our clients take their ideas and their curiosity about podcasts and turn them into something that was really, really good. Yeah. So how many shows did you work on during your time? Oh my God. So many. Hundreds. I know. I know. It was like every day I would talk to somebody about their podcast idea and be like, well, here's the part that's great. Here's the part that's going to be really hard. Here's the thing you got to think about more. Yeah. Every day. Hundreds. So many. Yeah. And, and, and through that experience, what, what was, I, I guess, what makes a great host? Cause you had to probably talk people through that whole process. Cause not everyone is, this isn't natural for most people. Yeah. Um, although I don't know, I think anyone could be a great host. Maybe that's a controversial opinion, uh, but it's something I've always felt um, that anyone could do it. Cause I think it just, you just need to care. You just need yeah. to care about something and you need to put your listener first. It needs to be up for them because otherwise they won't listen. Like they need to be the number one priority in your mind at every step of the way about why, why you're doing this. It has to serve them in some way. So if you can, if you can figure out something that serves enough people that you can make money on it somehow, um, and there's a lot of different ways to do it. Like anyone can, anyone can be the great host, you know, just, just like what you said, you have to be, you just have to care. Yeah. I would, I would imagine, cause I, I hear people as they're starting to flush out some ideas for a podcast I would say that the majority of the time folks are not looking at it from a listener's perspective. They're looking at it from their perspective and what mm-hmm. they want to do and the messaging they want to put into the world. So when you were working on hundreds of different podcasts that came through House of Pod, did you have to educate folks on that concept of like, okay, that's a great idea, but who's going to listen to that? And wh- how are you thinking about the the end listener in this equation. I mean, there, a lot went into that, really. Um, I think you're right. A lot of people do did come to it, you know, thinking that this would be a fun thing for me to do, or this is a, a fun hobby for me and my friend, who who we already love talking about, like Dungeons and Dragons or whatever. Um, but also, I don't know. I think I think most people understand, like going into it. What you're, what you're doing is you're trying to build a community of you and listeners. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, it's definitely something that we've come across with some of our clients who go on podcasts and then want to start their own podcast. And it's really kind of like digging in deep, like, what is it that you want this podcast to be? And figuring out like how it's going to serve the listeners, I think is it just, it seems like there might be just a slight disconnect in the beginning. And then soon like that, it it switches for them. Like once you say that, it's like, oh, okay, I get it now. Like I have this great idea because I like to talk about this one thing, but you know, what is, what's the outcome ultimately that you're looking for? Yeah. Although, 
Uh, yeah, I mean, and different outcomes are perfectly viable too. Totally. My wife and I make this podcast called the Denver Pizza Podcast. We've done that maybe eight years now, and uh, it's totally just for us. Like we don't really talk, make it very easy for people to find it. Um, it does not have a website, um, and it does not have very many listeners as a result. <laughs> but it is so much fun to do. It's a great excuse to meet up with a friend. And, and record something, which is always just a fun activity. So it, for us, for a long time, it was just like a great way to go out. Good so are structure you, for a night. Are you taking your mic to a pizza establishment, inviting a friend and pushing record? Uh, the way we do it is we would go to a pizza establishment with a friend, enjoy our meal anonymously, like good food critics, and then sit in the mobile recording studio, a.k.a. our car, afterwards <laughs> in the parking lot. And, um, yeah, and just like talk about how it went. That's incredible. Are you still recording that show? We haven't, we've recorded, I mean, we tried to do a couple over the pandemic, but Brandy, it's, it was, it was like delivery. It was frozen pizza. It was remote recording. It's like, it wasn't the same. Different experience. Yeah. Well, maybe it's now it's time. It's time to bring it back. I feel like there's some new pizza places around Denver that would be worth giving a solid review. Oh, there's so many. We actually just recently did Pizza Week on CityCast Denver. Oh. And so the pizza podcast came up quite a bit. Megan was a guest on one episode. It's lots of, so yeah, if you want to talk pizza, new pizza places, I'm up on all of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. You know, something that you mentioned was uh, having idea and like figuring out how to, if, if, it, if it can be monetized. Um, that is that is absolutely something that people ask us all the time is how do I monetize my podcast? It is tricky. What do you tell people? How do you monetize your podcast? Uh, I, I tell people there's a lot of different ways to do it and you got to figure out your own. Um, ads are hard and they are cheap right now relative to how many listeners you have to have to make a living doing it. Mm -hmm. Although if, and this is my favorite example, if you have a really good niche audience, like the guy that I met once who makes a podcast about international affairs for masters, no, for like, uh, college graduates of international affairs who are interested in careers in diplomacy. And he got regularly like... You know, I won't say how many, but he got yeah. you know, a, a modest a number of listeners because how many people like that are there out there? But he got great rates for his ads because all the master's programs across the country knew mm-hmm. that these were really passionate, engaged students and they wanted to get in front of them. So he had this thing going where he had this modest audience that was totally like giving him enough income that this podcast could be his whole job. He would do like two episodes a week. He would do one for members which I guess is another big way to, to monetize your show, give special content and put it behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he really had figured out something great. And, and I, that's the challenge is just figuring out what works for your particular audience and your particular situation, what you can make, what you want to make, what people want from you and will pay for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, I, I think that that is, is something that I've talked about a lot as well is just, finding who's your, who's your niche audience. Like that is actually pretty beautiful to have that hyper-focused of a, of a show and then finding who would benefit from that listenership. I mean, that, 
that feels like money better spent than advertising on this like gigantic general show um, that who knows who's listening to it and and why they're there. Like, is it for entertainment? Well, if it is, and they're probably not interested in your, you know, B2B software. Mm-hmm. Or like Facebook ads, not a, yeah. not a great way to drive people to podcasts. Yeah. Two different platforms. Mm-hmm. Tricky. Um, how about at, at, um, at CityCast Denver, do you all handle the sponsorships or does that kind of come from the... HQ does the money stuff. Okay. Um, but we our, our model is a combination of, of ads, which we are selling now. And we would love to talk to you about buying ads on the show. Uh, if you want to reach a passionate, engaged local Denver audience, um, I'm sure our contact information can be in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we're, we're also talking about a membership program and doing like bonus content going that route as well. Great. Yeah. I mean, I would assume too, I mean, just thinking about the the pizza week content, I mean, everyone's always looking for the best of, right? Like what are the best burrito places in Denver? I, I would pay for that content. If you blocked that behind a wall, I would pay for it, Paul. <laughs> just letting you know. I'll, I'll talk to the higher up. Yeah. <laughs> but all of those that I feel like I like scroll through, um, you know, I'll do searches to find the best, the best of the best. And, um, and I, and I trust Brie too. Like, so if you all, if you all tell me that this is, these are the 10 best burrito places in Denver, I I'm going to believe it. And I'll pay I for that. that. I do like that idea. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it is, you know, monetizing is tricky and, but finding what works for you and it may not be something that is obvious in the beginning. Have you seen, what are some of the more creative, that was super creative of uh, kind of going after that, that those targeted colleges, um, higher ed establishments. Mm-hmm. Have you seen some other creative ways that people are monetizing? Hmm. No, that's really the one that jumps out. My favorite example. I'm not as exposed to podcasters as I was in the House of Pod days. I don't hear stuff like this anymore. I was always proud of, um, I sold ads on Changing Denver early on just as like a trade. Yeah. This is something you get a lot, you know, if you, if this is a good option, you know, if you, there's a local business you like or that would provide a service that you could use for your podcast. I, I set up a trade for this um, co-working space that was opening in Denver and they gave me three months of free membership for some just mentions on the show. It, like, and I just put them in the credits at the end of the show. Like this was recorded at industrious, a very cool co-working space. Um, so I don't know. That's clever. That's a good yeah. idea. Kind of go something. back to this like trade economy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Um, just in terms of, you know, as we're kind of wrapping this conversation up, because you are you have been so heavily involved in podcasting and still are, what are some of the trends that you're seeing in the podcasting world? Could share with the listeners. Well, um, I'm seeing I'm seeing the same the same thing that many others have been wringing their hands about recently the the lack of like single big crossover hit shows like narrative um documentary style like limited run series the kind of serial style show Mm -hmm. that we saw a lot of crossover in the first few years after serial yep in like the mid 2010s yeah those seem like they're harder to cross over but that's also an area where like there's such a um 
there's such a problem with like innovation like those stories just all kind of sound the same and people are all kind of choosing the same topics so i don't know if i'm putting that on the listeners as much as like us for just not pushing ourselves further the thing that i'm really excited about is like so there's a what we sometimes people talk about a difference between lean in and lean back listening lean mm-hmm. in listening like just requires a little bit more attention maybe you can do it while you're washing dishes but not while you're doing a crossword puzzle um so that's like serial the documentary style shows where they're like oh here's the story beat that you need to understand you know the next thing and like don't you dare not pay attention for 30 seconds because then the story will be ruined so that's the lean in style and the lean back style is more like the chat the fun the like weekly check-in hang out with your friends where Mm -hmm. you don't really have to follow it so closely and really you just kind of like let it wash over you what i'm really excited about is trying to put those two things together and trying Mm -hmm. to create something that feels like a lean back experience but offers more of the heft and more of the heart and the feelings of those those lean in like narrative style shows that's what i'm excited about yeah i mean that's really interesting so what kind of activity would a person be doing if they're like half leaning in half leaning out I don't know, consuming a bike or something. <laughs> but I, a show that I would call out is a great example of this. Yeah, has been inspiring for me. I wish they would make more of it. Personal best Personal from the CBC. Best. It was like um, it was these two guys, a comedian and a journalist, who would find people who wanted to better themselves in some way, and they would set up these like good natured pranks for the person to go through. So you're listening along as someone's having this like authentic experience that was alive. So it felt like chatting and like that lean back vibe, but it was also the story of someone changing, which is exactly what you need for a, for a lean in podcast show. Yeah. It was really, really exciting what they did. They figured out something new, I think. Yeah. And maybe, maybe that's the move. If, if it seems that that more, um, kind of lean in content, cause that, that feels very, you know, like in the same vein as serial, which I think definitely like kicked off the, the, the podcast frenzy, um, from a consumer side, but if the innovation is kind of lacking there and people are kind of dried up on ideas of like, where do we take this next? How do we create something that's as big of a splash, but not necessarily replicating? Maybe that's going to be the the move. It's just this, this, a little, this combo of the lean in, lead out sort of podcast episodes. Maybe, maybe. I think there'll always be great shows of all different types. I don't know. The part of this that's frustrating is that there's the, the people complaining about how there's too many podcasts now. It's just like not not a correct opinion. There's like a lot and that's also serving people's different interests better. Yeah. Know? So like maybe there isn't a serial that everybody listens to, but maybe everybody has their own serial. Absolutely. Yeah. And we all have different interests. And I feel like when you start to search out different podcasts. I mean, we've worked with so many clients in an array of industries, industries we never thought we would touch. And, you know, like thinking about how many podcasts there are in the waste management world, who knew it's incredible. And for, and for people who are in that world, those podcasts are very meaningful. And depending on what sort of angle you take, um, you can have a podcast that's just like geared towards like one specific thing in the in the world of waste management, which is is pretty cool. So yeah, I would agree with you, Paul. Like 
there are so many podcasts, but it's definitely serving folks and whatever whatever unique thing they're interested in. Yeah. Like it would be absurd to complain about how many websites there are if you're trying to get more people to go to your website. That's just like, it sounds insane. It does. Like, it does. But Do you think there was a is. time though? There was probably a time that we were like, oh my gosh, there's so many websites. What do I do? <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> when you think about even just like blog content, right? Which was like, I think I always used to joke that like podcasting is the new blog because blogging was so hot for for quite a bit of time. And it was like, how many blogs do we need? Well, turns out it's endless because everyone has a unique voice. So it's the same sort of thing. I like yeah. that perspective. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. People uh, used to like, I think the, well, anyway. Yeah, no, go. Well, people used to talk about podcasts and like the, the natural equivalent to swap in to like, that would, that would fit the way people were treating them with so much reverence about how, you know, what it meant to have a platform. It used to be like a TV show. Like, mm -hmm. oh, you have a podcast. Like, I'll, maybe I'll tune in. You know, maybe I'll check in every week. Can't wait to hear what the story is. But what website is the more natural replacement word in terms of, like, how to think about the the, the project and what the, the medium is giving you? Yeah, that seems like a more accurate representation or comparison, right? Versus, like, a TV show. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, no one. You're not entitled for someone to watch to go to your website. There's no, but with a TV show, there's like an implied platform, or like people might watch it just because it's on or it's on a network or etc. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to work hard for that audience. All right, so three tips that you would give. Just let's just say that there's some folks that are listening to this podcast and they are wanting to start a podcast or maybe elevate their podcast to the next level, what three tips would you give to those listeners? I feel like you've already given them throughout this conversation, That's but maybe tips, just yeah. to like, you know, reference maybe even some of the ones like anyone can be a podcast host. I love that. I mean, I've, I personally have never really thought that, but now I have a different perspective. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, some, yeah. Uh, three tips. How about, Don't put the don't don't put a microphone on your logo. You don't need to. People know it's a podcast. <laughs> That's how you make them. Um, you're tired of that cover art. It's just not needed. It's not necessary. You can, <laughs> unless you're talking about microphones or about podcasts. I guess like it would make more sense, but like you don't need to do that. We understand. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. It's a good tip. Um, uh, yeah, pick pick stuff you care about. People can tell if you don't care about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think that like if, if, if you're out there and you want to start and you're, and, you're, and you're worried about how it'll sound, I think a lot of people are worried about the sound quality these days. I think, um, I think it's okay to start and just and make garbage out of garbage. That's, that's how I started. And you'll just get better. You'll iterate and you'll learn your equipment. Like it's more important to know how to use your equipment than to buy the best equipment. Like if you can use the thing you have best, that's, that's going to give you a better, better product, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think just jumping in, right? Like it's okay if you don't have any listeners day one, 
Are you having fun? Are you enjoying it? Are you working out any sort of audio lessons? Um, you know, I think using all of that as kind of stepping in and having a better understanding for what you're doing and and your audio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Co-signed. Amazing. Paul, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for joining us on Hosted. Well, thanks so much for inviting me, Brandy. Yeah. Do you, let's go ahead and let's give some plugs to CityCast Denver. What do you got? Give me some URLs. Where can people tune in? If people are interested in sponsorship, let's give them all the stuff. Well, you can download the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's called CityCast Denver. Uh, it's got a nice green logo with the skyline of the city and, and Lucifer in the corner. So you're right. No microphones. Uh, There's no microphones the in the logo cover. Of the network is a microphone. So yes, there is a, <laughs> there is a microphone in the cityscape. Um, <laughs> I missed that. I'm going to have to go back and take a look. <laughs> little, little Easter egg. Well, listeners, you can go check it out for yourselves as well. Um, it's denver.citycast.fm is the website. You can also si- subscribe for you can also subscribe to our, our morning newsletter, which is a, a quick, easy, fun bite of news every morning. Yeah, that's incredible. And if you you know if you're interested in in sponsorship, which for any local Denver business is a excellent way um, to to get some some folks to you know, try out your establishment, just to get the get the word out to to Denver, the Denver crews. Um, and then if you're in Chicago, Houston, Salt Lake, Pittsburgh, Las Vegas, Boise, DC, and Philadelphia, you can tune into your local city cast. You sure can, and you should. They're all different, and they all reflect the character of their cities in different ways, and they all have different theme music, and they're coming. we're also coming to Madison, Wisconsin, and Portland, Oregon soon. Amazing. That's great. And and you know what? This might be a really good resource too for people visiting Denver. You know, scroll through the content that's being put out there. I mean, I'm sure you would love to find out the best pizza places to eat while you're in Denver if you are a pizza fan. So, um, you know, if you're going to go to Salt Lake, it's worth checking it out. I feel like all the good stuff is right there. You're you're learning about the city from the pros. So, um, Paul, thank you so much again for being a guest on Hosted, and we'll catch you all next time. Thank you, Brandy. Take care, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Hosted, a podcast brought to you by Kitcaster, a podcast booking agency. If you want to find out more about Kitcaster, about Hosted, find us on all of the relevant social channels and tune in to more episodes of Hosted. Take care.